Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening. And today, I'm going to be talking about a few exciting games. Uh, Cam Spencer fuels Rutgers basketball in what is a dramatic win over Northwestern the other night. And the Rangers stunned the Dallas Stars on Thursday after they tied the game with less than one second left in regulation. So let's go ahead and get started. I'd like to start with Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers basketball earned a dramatic, impressive road win over what it was a 12-3 and Northwestern team Wednesday night in what is becoming kind of the year of Cam Spencer in my mind. And Northwestern is a very good team this year, unlike some previous years where they were toward the middle or the bottom of the Big Ten in basketball. Northwestern has racked up some good wins this year, including wins over Indiana and Michigan State, and they were... They only had one loss uh, in the Big Ten before Rutgers uh, went on the road in Northwestern. So Northwestern was a good team and is a good team and continues to play very good defense as well, just like Rutgers. Just three games ago, as you might remember, Cam Spencer hit a game-winning three-pointer to stun Purdue on the road. And what was another huge, huge, huge win for Rutgers, um, who somehow seems to own Purdue. Uh, but it was a dramatic late game-winning three-pointer from Spencer that night. Now, on Wednesday night, deja vu all over game. It was a game that featured furious defense from both teams, Rutgers and Northwestern. And in the game, Rutgers ended up having the lead for much of the game, only to see a couple furious charges from Northwestern in the second half. They made a strong run, especially late in the second half, where Northwestern took the lead two different times in the last five minutes. Now, Northwestern actually led Rutgers, just to, to talk about the ending a little bit, 62-58. to 58. So the Rutgers was down four with less than a minute left in the game. I think it was 58-59 seconds, and Rutgers was down 62-58. And then Mulcahy ended up hitting two free throws. Rutgers got a stop on the next possession, and Rutgers then had the ball back down 62-60. With 23 seconds left, enter Cam Spencer. With the crowd in Northwestern roaring, Spencer nailed his sixth three-pointer of the night to put Rutgers up 63-62 with 13 seconds remaining. It was just another dagger for Spencer, who who may simply be the best transfer portal pickup in all college basketball. I'm sorry. The guy is tremendous. I don't know how 100 other teams didn't go after him. I mean, he is everything... Rutgers players were not prior to this year. You know, he hits shots consistently. He hits free throws like there's no tomorrow. He's missed only one single free throw this entire basketball season. He's shooting over 97% from the free throw line. And if you guys know Rutgers, you know that that's a foreign concept to Rutgers free throw shooters who are lucky if they can hit 70% or 65%. Amori is more like 60% this year. But Cam Spencer is just the panacea we needed at Rutgers. He is a consistent shooter. And, again, another dagger that he shot. Again, Spencer is just consistent, reliable, and someone that we can go to at the end of the game now. Um, It was just a deafening, you know, roaring crowd that was put silent by that dagger that put us up 63-62 with 13 seconds left. Rutgers forced a turnover after that, uh, inbounded it to Spencer, who then hit two more free throws, and Rutgers won in dramatic fashion, 65-62 at Northwestern. 
Uh, it was really a tremendous win for Rutgers, fueled by Spencer, who was, by the way, six for seven on three-pointers. Cam Spencer took seven three-pointers, hit six of them, finished the game with a game-high 23 points, and just was spectacular all around. This was one of the better wins for Rutgers in the past few years. And, you know, according to Northwestern media, the epitome of a hard crusher for them. And I could see that. If I was them, it was a, uh, just a crushing game for them because they were down. As an, if I was thinking, looking at this from a Northwestern perspective, they were down most of the game to Rutgers. It was close, but they were down almost the whole game. And then they came roaring back late in the second half, took a lead, lost the lead, took another lead late, and they were up four points over us with less than a minute left in the game. And we came back and, and won the game. So it was a crusher for them and a very dramatic, tough, hard-fought road win for Steve Peichel and his Rutgers Scarlet Knights basketball team who continue this year to prove that no matter what, people they lose in the program. Peichel has a way to make this team good, and this team fights hard, and Peichel is the perfect coach for this Rutgers basketball team. And back to Spencer for a minute. You cannot say enough about this kid. He is just what RU needs, and he continues to drive this team. It was just a great win, just a really inspiring road win. A couple other quick notes about Rutgers and about this game. Simpson, um, our promising freshman. After a promising start to the season, Simpson has kind of been, I don't know, I think terribly inconsistent is the best way to to put it. That's the nicest way to put it. Um, He has not been a reliable shooter. Um, He has been inconsistent. He has been out of control at times. He's a freshman that I used to call Little Geo. He needs to shoot better, and he needs to, you know, be a little bit more under control as he brings the ball up. And when I say the nice way to put it is that he's been terribly inconsistent. You know, the the street way to say it would be he has sucked balls now for three, four, five, six games in a row. He he needs to rein himself in a little bit and take better shots. He has the talent and he has the skill and speed and he's got so many skills that I think it's good that we have him for three more years because he has tons of talent and he has tons of confidence, which is great. Um, but I think the confidence leads to certain overconfidence and he takes shots that he shouldn't and he puts our team in trouble occasionally. He did not have another good, you know, a good, he had another bad game, I would say, against Northwestern. Uh, moving on, Caleb McConnell continues to look lost on offense. A lot of games where he has dumb turnovers. He has poor choices on his shot selection. Uh, his shot attempts look ugly. I mean, they're, they're just really, he's not a good shooter. Like, he has bad form. There's a lot of <laughs> lack of rotation. Like, he just, you know, sometimes he, he shoots and it's like, what? Oh, my God, it's his first time shooting a basketball. He's off balance. You know, he has these games, on the other hand, where he's really good on offense and almost carries the team. There's been games, even this year, where he was, you know, one of our best, if not our best, offensive player, which is, you know, confounding because most of the year and most of his career, he has not been a good offensive player. And I would say he is still not a good offensive player, in spite of the fact that he has the occasional game where he does play very well offensively. But more often than not, like little Geo Simpson, McConnell needs to rein himself in on offense and make sure he takes good shots. Um, 
often his offense needs to be reined in a bit, but but it's good that he does have the occasional breakout because we are an inconsistent offensive team to say to say the least. But Caleb continues to be elite defensively and continues to just drive our defense and make us one of the best defensive teams in the country. Um, Peichel is awesome, as I said earlier. What else can I say about the guy? He is perfect for this team. He's perfect for Rutgers. I think I want a 100-year contract for him. I mean, he has done everything you could possibly ask to rise this team out of what was the you know, bottom of the Big Ten, probably the worst team in the Big Ten in basketball when he took over to you know, one of the Big Ten's elites now. I mean, we have, you know, a real chance of finishing in the top two, three, four in the league this year in the Big Ten, which is really saying something, and, and that's wonderful. Um, for us to get a double buy in the Big Ten tournament, if that ever happened, would be spectacular. And it's just hard to say enough good things uh, about Michael. He just is incredible. Just I'm so pleased that we have him. We're lucky. Rutgers, by the way, is now 2-1 and one on the road in the Big Ten this year and should be 3-0, right? The only game we lost on the road this year in the Big Ten was the Ohio State game where the ending was called incorrectly by the refs where the uh, with one second left, the guy on um, Ohio State was out of bounds then came in and caught the ball and hit a ridiculous long three-pointer uh, from Northern Ireland. And we lost the game by one point, and that was just uh, what an awful, terrible loss that was that was incorrectly called by the refs. So in any case, Rutgers is two and one on the road, should be three and zero on the road. And remember, this is a team that could not win big 10 road games in the past. We just could not, we had so much trouble away from the rack and now our grit and determination, you know, has, you know, really starting to pay off here. Now we need to continue to do this and the schedule doesn't get any easier for sure. A matter of fact, Rutgers gets a chance to avenge that loss to Ohio state that happened three or four games ago this Sunday at the Rack. We've got Ohio State again in a game where the Rack will absolutely be roaring. So go are you. All right, let me move on and talk about the New York Rangers a little bit here. So the Rangers pulled off one of the most stunning wins in recent memory. <laughs> Thursday night at Madison Square Garden. I mean, it was really impressive and and. In, just a joy to watch. It was a hard-fought defensive game against the Stars where the Rangers were down one nothing late in the third period when Keandre Miller scored a goal with 0.9 seconds left in the game to tie the game at one. It was as dramatic a regular season goal as I've seen in some time for the Rangers. It was exciting. The Rangers have been kind of scrambling in the last two minutes of the game. They would be scrambling. Shesterkin was pulled. The net was empty for the last two minutes. The Rangers were trying to get anything on goal they could against this Dallas Stars and their excellent goalie, Jake Ottinger. He was just spectacular. The goalie was excellent all game, as were the Stars on defense, who just seemed to block shot after shot after shot. And during the last two minutes, it was very tough going. And they, they really were you know, fighting furiously. The net was empty. They were scrambling to make sure the Stars didn't get an empty net goal and seal a win. Uh, Miller then got his shot blocked, of course, you know, with under 10 seconds left. Retrieved his own shot. Put it past Oninger to tie the game at 1-1 with 0.9 seconds left. And that set off a furious celebration at Madison Square Garden. It was really something to behold. It is a goal that will be remembered should the Rangers go you know, kind of far this year or something. 
Then with the crowd still buzzing and the game moving into overtime, Adam Fox scored a beautiful backhand goal to cap what was a tremendous comeback. And the Rangers had a 2-1 overtime victory over the Dallas Stars, and it was just pure pandemonium at Madison Square Garden last night. On Thursday night at the Garden, it was just an incredible, furious comeback. What a win. And, you know, if you're the Dallas Stars, you got to be so upset. You were less than one second away from victory. And then the Rangers tie it, and then the Rangers win it in overtime. It was a dramatic and truly electric atmosphere. And a game that's going to be remembered for quite some time, I think. It was really good for the Rangers, who were, you know, fighting some injury problems of their own. And, you know, up until that point, you know, had not been able to break through. I mean, had the game been one second shorter, you know, there would be a whole different narrative about this game and different articles and different comments would have been because, you know, they would have lost one nothing had there been one less second available in the game. Um, But that's not how it was. And, you know, you keep fighting until the very end, very end. The game is not played for 59 minutes and 59 seconds. It's played for 60 minutes. And the Rangers used all of it to tie it and then win it eventually in overtime. Really an incredible, incredible, exciting win. Uh, one of the more dramatic wins I have seen in Madison Square Garden sometime. It was really, really incredible for a regular season game, uh, especially given the fact that it looked almost impossible to beat this goalie and, and this defense on this Dallas Stars team the entire game. The Rangers were about to get shut out where there would have been, like I said, a completely different narrative. But Keandre Miller, you know, scored a goal and, and, Fox, brilliant backhand in overtime after a scramble in front, and the Rangers win 2-1. to one. It was really mm-hmm. something. Uh, some other quick notes. Um, Chris Kreider, he was out with, quote-unquote, an upper body injury, which I – and I got to say, by the way, I want to talk about Kreider for a minute, but I cannot stand these fucking NHL injury reports. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, every time, you know, somebody's out, you don't know what they're hurt. You know, what, what part of their body's hurt. You never know how long they're going to be out. I don't understand. Baseball, someone gets out, you know, he's got, you know, an ankle fracture. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. They tell you exactly what it is and exactly how long they think he's going to be out. You know, football, he sprained his MCL. He might be out, you know, four weeks. In, in hockey, it's upper body injury. He's day-to-day or week-to-week. You never know how long it's going to be. You don't know what the injury is. And it's friggin' it's infuriating. And it's, I don't know. I don't know why they think this helps them. Somehow they must feel like if you reveal the exact injury and they come back too soon, the other teams will target that part of the body or something. It's just ridiculous at this point. The game is not like it was, you know, 10, 20 years ago where there was all this, you know, hitting allowed and, and, you know, all this dirty play, you know, nowadays everything is called. And, you know, anytime someone dares to hit someone else, even a legal hit, right. You know, immediately they had to defend themselves and try to fight someone else on the other team because the NHL's, you know, I don't understand what's happened to the mentality in NHL. You know, they still allow fighting, but now it seems to be fighting um, to try to get retribution for someone who got a legal hit on your guy. And, and it's just not the way it should be. The point that I'm making here is that because that is the case and because people will likely not target other people as much, nearly as much anymore, saying upper body injury is something that's just not necessary anymore. If Kreider's got, you know, 
a strained shoulder or whatever, just say that fucking thing and say he'll be out for a week or whatever. By the way, Gallant with his injury reports, in addition to just saying what he says, never seems to be accurate. Apparently, Kreider's not going to be out for too long, supposedly. We'll see. Because we've said, seen that before, you know, time after time with Gallant's injury reports, and they just sometimes never seem to be, you know, what they say. Oh, next week. Oh, soon. Oh, soon. And three months later, he's still out. In any case, we need Kreider back. Um, criticisms and all from him. <clears throat> he's kind of a big deal on the power play. And he plays on the top line. In his place, Alexi Lafreniere got to play up there. He didn't really do much, I have to say. But, you know, I'm glad he's getting a chance. Also, Gauthier, uh, who was having a good year, got hurt in the last game, right? And then he did come back this game, but both Gauthier and Sammy Play <laughs> collided with each other in the second period. So two Rangers run ran into each other at full speed. They weren't looking. It was just, oh, God, my God. It was really like a comedy if you saw it. But it really wasn't a comedy afterwards because after they hit each other, they were both down on the ice. They both went off in the second period and didn't come back. In the third period, Sammy Blade did come back. He returned, but Gauthier did not. So Gauthier was hurt last game. Gauthier was hurt again this game. Hopefully it's not a concussion or anything. Um, the Rangers are short two forwards now, and they were short three until Sammy Blade came back, you know, yesterday. Um, yesterday. Uh, Thursday night, you know, after he was out a short time. Other quick notes. Keandre Miller is having just a highlight offensive year for the Rangers, especially for a defenseman. Even if his, you know, goal stats, et cetera, were low or average, he's having just a year where he's got some incredible goals, important goals, highlight goals, right? The scoring with under a second left. A couple of his goals earlier in the season where one of them where he was on a breakaway, got tripped down, fell to the ice, got back up and still scored on the goalie. And then another goal the other night where he kind of broke through and muscled through a couple people, then used his speed to pull away on a breakaway and score the Rangers' first goal when they were down 2 nothing the other night. I believe that was against uh, Minnesota. Just tremendous goal. He's had really a, a <laughs> an amazing offensive year. For someone that's only got five or six goals in that every single one of his goals are either, you know, incredible, important or highlight goals. And his goal on Thursday night was as important as you could get with under a second left tying the game and just leading to one of the more dramatic wins, you know, regular season Rangers in a couple of years. Other point, last point, Adam Fox. I don't know. I don't have the superlatives to describe Adam Fox. He is just an early tremendous, tremendous defenseman. What can you say? I mean, he's always seems to be like one of the best players on the ice, if not the best player on the ice every single night, which is just so hard to say about a defenseman, right? Um, he has incredible patience with the puck. You know, it's just something that is inherent to him and you don't see much at all in, in hockey. And he just has the ability to not rush anything. In a game that is so fast-paced that, you know, his patience is amazing. You see it often where, you know, maybe, you know, the Rangers are in the offensive zone and the puck gets passed back near the blue line along the boards and Fox retrieves it, right? And as he gets it off the boards, there's a defenseman charging at him and waving left and waving right. And almost everyone else would do something with the puck, pass it left, try to pass it up the boards. But a lot of times you can tell from the angle, the approaching, you know, uh, 
opponent to the speed, you can tell that there really isn't any good place to go with the puck. And oftentimes he'll just wait. He'll just hang on, fake somewhere, and the guy will fly by him. And then that creates an opening and then he passes somewhere else. And he does this better, I think, than anyone I've ever seen in hockey. Like he has incredible patience, incredible vision. And by the way, he scored the game-winning goal in overtime yesterday after a scramble in front of the net. And he showed patience on that, which is amazing. Panarin passed it to him probably about six, seven, eight feet from from the goalie. And there really wasn't a shot. Everyone sort of dove over, as as you're looking at the play, to the right. And Fox held, 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 then went to his backhand. And everyone slid past him to the right. And he backhanded it into a semi-open net in overtime for the game winner. And again, patience, incredible skill and vision, you know all on display throughout the game and especially on that overtime goal. And and Fox is just incredible. We are so lucky to have him. Anyway, what a win. What an exciting game. Let's go Rangers, baby. I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. I want you to please subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends all about it, and I'll be back soon with some more sports. Thanks. Thanks.